0: Hello. We always wanted the podcast to grow with you guys. So there were episodes to help you right at the very beginning, like the first two weeks. But getting more sleep isn't just a thing for parents of very small babies. We want to support you all the way through. So in the next few episodes, we'll be looking at some sleep topics that might be keeping you up at night when your little gets bigger. I'm Cat QB, parenting journalist and broadcaster and very pregnant human, so excuse me if I get a bit breathy, <laughs> I know it's not that kind of uh, show. <laughs> and this is Sarah Carpenter, baby and child sleep expert and very lovely human. That's possibly the pregnancy making me all emotional.
1: <laughs> that sounds like you don't think I'm lovely when you're not pregnant.
0: <laughs> I always think you're lovely, <laughs> but I might just cry about it just now. <laughs> Together we are the Sleep Mums. Today we're talking about nap transitions. People often talk about dropping a nap as though you simply chuck it down on the floor and just shove it under the bed with the lost Tommy to be hide-and-seek eggs. If only it were that easy. Do they need a nap? Don't they? Is it making overnight sleep worse or better? What if I take the nap away and it changes everything? What if I take the nap away and it changes nothing? Don't worry. We're here to answer all these questions and help you drop a nap without losing sleep over it. As baby grows, they hopefully begin to solidify their night sleep and generally need fewer naps during the day. On the one hand, this is awesome. They and you start to get better, longer stretches of sleep, making everyone feel more rested. But it can also be daunting. Like, many of the changes in their wee short lives, you feel like you're just getting your head around how things are and then bam, it all changes. So Sarah, when do naps get dropped?
1: So it's a pretty consistent ongoing thing throughout the first really 14 months that you're dropping naps or changing times. And it is literally like you feel like you just cracked it and then it's time to start preparing for the next change so you can feel like it's a bit of a um sort of ongoing project across the first year of their lives but it is worth it and it's worth staying ahead of the game as well so don't wait until they need to drop the nap start preparing for that drop before it actually is due to happen so you really are having to look for signs that they're getting ready ages, developmental areas, you have to look at it all to know when the nap needs to get dropped. It's not a strict, your baby is going to turn 10 weeks tomorrow and so they need to drop a nap. It's much more varied than that for each baby. And babies can drop them, you know, you and your best friend could have a baby on exactly the same day and they could be not dropping naps at completely different stages of their lives. But roughly... The first big changes happen between six and ten weeks, then between twelve and sixteen weeks, and then six months is a real game changer, and then between um, fourteen and sixteen months it changes, and that's you on the home stretch after that.
0: And um, we'll come on to signs and sort of more specific um, age nap dropping in a in a moment, but like that's really stressful for parents as you say because there are so many changes and also because it isn't a like oh um you know we've done that episode obviously on leaps and and, uh, regressions and whilst there might be apps that suggest it you you can't just open up an app on your phone and be like oh baby's gonna drop their nap today amazing you know it's it's something that is not a, a proper line in the sand it doesn't happen on a specific week or date or you know and and OK, there are signs, but I think all those worries about how it's going to impact sleep or if you're having a rough time with sleep, how it's not going to impact sleep can make the whole thing really
1: stressful. Yeah, I think it is a really, really stressful part of a baby's routine. You know, everybody talks about naps almost more than they actually talk about overnight sleep but it's the hardest part of the routine to actually nail. Well, I don't know, the whole sleeping through <laughs> thing, yeah, that gets quite a lot of traction. <laughs> um, but it is, you know, naps are the hardest part of the routine to nail because they change so regularly. Um, and it's not just about dropping them, it's about knowing when to reduce the length of them as well. So you're looking at a lot of aspects of naps to get to the right, Conclusion. I mean, there'll be a lot of people as
0: well that are like, but really, does it need to be as complicated mm. as that? Aren't you guys just making it harder by talking about like, do they need to drop
1: naps? Won't they just do it when they're ready? And some babies will, and you might be comfortable waiting for that. And, you know, if you've chosen to go down the baby led um, parenting style, which is fantastic, then yeah, you can wait until they're ready to drop and you don't need to encourage them to make any changes. But equally if you've chosen to go down a more structured parenting style then you know having a little bit of structure to your naps and to your day gives you some sanity as well because then you know what you can plan yeah definitely I, I think you know it is
0: big there are a lot of changes but there are signs and things that can help you along the way and we're going to go through those um, and we're also going to give you some tips on how to cope with the whole process <laughs> It can take a while to notice the signs that baby is ready to drop a nap. And even once you think baby is ready, it can take them a few weeks to be able to actually lose the nap completely. So um, don't panic if it doesn't happen smoothly. And there might also be a few false starts along the way with some days having more naps than others. I think maybe we should start at the beginning, Sarah. Like, what are some some of those signs that we've talked about? What are the signs that baby is ready
1: to drop a nap? So the major signs are that suddenly naps that have been easy, where you've been either going out for a walk or popping them down in their cot and they've been settling really quickly, those settles become harder or they're waking up earlier from that nap or it can run right into bedtime and where you've had previously had a really easy um, bedtime routine where baby just pops into cot and drifts off to sleep. That stops happening and actually they're more difficult to get to sleep in the evening. And they might start to wake up more regularly overnight, or they might start waking up early in the morning. So, you know, the majority of the signs around being ready to drop naps are that sleep becomes more difficult. I mean, those all of those things can happen for other reasons though too right yeah they can definitely and that's why it's worth looking at the routine that you're on looking at the age of your baby and where they're at developmentally because that's going to be another indicator of where they should be with sleep you know if you've got your sleep expectations for the ages and stages then you can compare what's happening and identify whether it's something else or it is that they need to drop an at
0: so it's kind of like, you know, having said there isn't a line in the sand and it's not specific ages, you sort of, you take, you go, okay, they're around this age and there are changes around here. They're showing these signs and something has changed in, in how things are working
1: within our 24 hours. Something needs to be tweaked. Yeah, and it's really important to look at it over the 24 hours and not just focus on the naps um because you know again as with everything if you're just focusing on one part of the day the other part of the day could go out the window quite quickly
0: I feel like sometimes though that feels really super overwhelming I think that's maybe why people focus on one of these things like like needing to drop a nap or or hooking on to things like leaps and regressions because I think actually looking at your 24 hours can feel overwhelming so it feels easier to focus on one thing but as you say, you kind of can't do that.
1: No. As with everything, and we talk about this a lot, you know, you can break your day down into stages to make it more manageable to look at and to get through each day, but you are still meeting a baby's needs across the 24 hours. So you, you have to sort of break it down to help you get through, but you also need to be open to the fact that you are keeping in mind everything that's going on. And there are certain things which obviously we'll come on to with the nap transitions. But you know, there's there's certain things that you do need to get into your 24 hours and that doesn't change.
0: So there are signs when baby is ready to drop a nap, as we've just talked through. And often also as we've mentioned, it can be age related, but there can also be really big differences. Like all things in the exact age baby will level up when it comes to naps. As a very, very wee example, and I know it's sort of further down the line or might be further down the line for you, but my daughter napped until she was three and a half and my son dropped all naps by the age of two. So that's a year and a half difference. So it it can be huge. I mean, obviously in the early stages, they aren't quite as dramatic as that. But, you know, there are big differences between different babies even within the same family so Sarah I think it would be useful to chat through some of those main nap transitions the first one really is kind of well after you know newborns nap all the time and then you kind of end up with about four sort of more solid naps and it goes to three that's sort of the first
1: nap drop like mic drop definitely so around about you know the sort of really I suppose eight to twelve weeks would be when it can go from four to three um but roughly by twelve to sixteen weeks you would definitely want them on three
0: so that is quite a big time frame if you like because you could say from you could
1: say from eight to sixteen weeks it's a transition Mm -hmm. definitely um so yeah although we talk about than being sort of age-specific and developmentally specific. The the age is a big window. So that's yeah. when you're sort of looking more at developmental and looking for the signs of the disruption to the naps and to the overnight. So at that stage, what are the signs and how do you go about dropping? So you, would, dropping you would just be very aware that the naps that you were putting them down for had become more unsettled. You know, if they've been consistently in a routine where they've been napping roughly at the same time, every day for their four naps, it becomes disrupted and they're not going to sleep as easily. Um, They might just naturally drop the fourth nap of the day. They might just stop taking it completely. Um, It's generally either the third or fourth one that becomes disrupted at this um, age and stage. And so if they've dropped it naturally, that's fantastic. If you feel like all the naps overnight are just becoming a bit... um, Disjointed and harder to take, then you would keep them going through one of the naps. So generally, um, if I was advising, then I would say keep them going through the second nap, so that you've got the first, third, and fourth naps in place. So you're working towards your morning longer lunchtime and your late afternoon power nap,
0: because those the three naps last for for kind of a
1: bit. They last a bit longer, longer. exactly.
0: But at the same time, that's also, I guess, a stage when there's quite a lot going on. I mean, I don't want to mention the four month sleep regression.
1: And um, please don't.
0: I can see your face. <laughs> um, obviously, only you. obviously, you know, that's a stage there's a lot of stuff going around and there's a lot of stuff going on around sleep that can impact these things. Is it often why people think that that's what's going on? That like there's a regression going on? Uh, yes and no I mean
1: I think with any of the nap transitions they're happening at the stages when the babies are going through a lot of developmental changes so you know they're developing their brains are developing at a rate of knots their bodies are developing at a rate of knots so yeah you know for the routines to be developing as well it makes sense and yeah. you know it has to happen and but Everything's developing so fast that there's always going to be a huge amount of stuff going on when there's major changes to the routine. So, you know, four months, six months, 12 months, they're all huge, huge times and ages of change. And they are all ages where things do change with naps. So
0: moving on to the next one then, three to two naps, when does that happen? What are the signs and how do you go about doing it if if baby doesn't drop it naturally?
1: So this one, um, I would say the signs for, for the three to two are a little bit more obvious most of the time, not all the time, but a little bit more obvious in that the third nap is generally quite a short power nap anyway, sort of late afternoon. And you do just suddenly realise that, you know, you've maybe been trying for 20-30 minutes to get baby to sleep for a 20-30 minute nap and so you just start to cut it back. You don't have to do it in a one hour, it might be that you start putting them down slightly later but you wake them up at the same time so they're having like a 10-15 minute nap instead of a 20-30 minute nap um, or it might be that they're still taking all the naps but then bedtime has become a complete nightmare and it's actually taking half an hour longer to get them to sleep in the evening. So they've obvious change is dropping that third nap um the that one generally is done around about the sort of six month mark so it's you know by seven months they've definitely cut it out but a lot of babies it will be between five and six months so you know they'll get to six months and they won't need that power nap or they at least won't need it every day it might be that a couple of times a week you need to tap into the power nap but on the whole you're not using it anymore Okay, so that's three to two. What about two to one naps? So, two to one, I would say, is the biggest, not the biggest transition, the most difficult transition for everyone involved. You have to adjust your entire routine to accommodate the drop from two to one. So, you would stop the morning nap completely. Um, and bring lunch forward to make sure that they've still had the opportunity to eat before they get too tired. So lunch comes earlier, the nap comes earlier. Everything moves. And then once you're in that set routine of one nap, then you start to eke it later again to accommodate your day. So you might have to bring lunch as early as 11 o'clock and have them in bed by half 11 um, and then start pushing that out so that you get back to maybe a 12, 12.30 lunch and twelve thirty one o'clock nap.
0: This one is a hard one. The age range for this, obviously, the the, the age ranges get bigger as they get bigger as well. So the age range for this is is
1: considerably longer. It's sort of 12 to 16 months. Yeah, generally by 16 months, everyone will be on one nap. But you know, you do still get some babies that are going to take longer to transition. Um, And very occasionally, you'll get a baby that's ready to transition to one nap before 12 months. But on average, it's between 12 and 16 months that they'll all drop down to one nap.
0: And this one can be really hard as well because uh, I think dropping the morning nap, they can be quite tired for quite a long time and um, before they get used to having that one sort of longer middle of the day nap. But once they do get used to it, they tend to lengthen out that that sort of middle yeah. of the day nap and and actually get a better sleep. So it's it's a bit of a weird one, I think, as a parent because... At first, you're like, oh, this is dreadful. They're exhausted. They're grumpy in the morning. I shouldn't have dropped it. And then as time goes by, you're like, oh, this is brilliant. They're actually having a really good sleep at that middle time. I can get stuff done. And once they learn how to cope with it, you have a whole sort of time in the morning to do stuff together and then time in the afternoon when hopefully they're a bit more rested. So it's it's a sort of like one that feels difficult at first, but then once it's gone, I think you're like, I'm glad it has.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think as well, this is the one where you run into the most problems at bedtime. So quite often, you know, as you're transitioning to one nap, you will find for a wee while that bedtime can become a little bit antsy just because they are more tired by that stage. So you're generally popping an overtired baby to bed most nights. So it is you know, you do need to sort of dig deep and persevere to get through that. Um, or if you've got the option to bring bedtime forward slightly, then you can. But often babies are at nursery by this stage. And so bringing bedtime forward becomes difficult for people. So you're using everything that you possibly can to just get keep them going until bedtime.
0: I think, you know, in general, when you go four to three or three to two, um, whilst it doesn't always happen, they do tend to happen a wee bit more naturally, whereas I think with this one, sometimes parents have to have more involvement in the process. They, like, you have to be the one that's recognising those issues, um, which I think also is where why it gets difficult. But also that it doesn't need to be a cold turkey. You don't go, oh, hey, um, I think we're having problems at bedtime. Let's, you know, just sack off that morning nap. You can reduce it to... 20 minutes or you can slightly push the time a bit different, you know, a bit later um, and Absolutely. then gradually do it. Or also you can have a nap some days and then not others. You know, it doesn't have to be this totally clear cut thing.
1: Yeah, definitely. The power nap that we've talked about when we're talking about the um, three to two, the morning nap when you're going from two to one sort of becomes a power nap. So you're using the same rules to drop that one that you did when you were dropping your third one.
0: But it can become a struggle to get that morning nap, but then they're still super tired not having it. I think that could be confusing. And that's definitely true Mm -hmm.
1: with the final nap transition as well. Yes. When you go from one to none, that is definitely, you know, either they're going to do it themselves and it's going to be absolutely fine or you're going to have a constant battle to keep them awake
0: So how do you know if it's the right thing? That's really hard. You know, if you're like, if they're struggling to stay awake, how are you like, how do you know they're ready to drop it?
1: The thing is that if they're struggling to stay awake that much and nothing else is out of sync, then you don't need to drop it. You know, Emily would have quite happily taken a nap right up until she started P1. Yeah. So you know, often when she was at preschool, the teachers would say, "Oh, we just couldn't keep her awake. We had to let her just curl up in the story corner and have a sleep." So it's not. There's no hard and fast. Rules. I love her napping style. I wish I. Had. I wish I had that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there's no hard and fast rules about when to drop that final nap. It literally can be from. 18 months until they're five unfortunately when they do start school they do have to drop it because there's no way that they can have sleepers at school but before that as long as it's not affecting your nights then you don't need to drop it so we are like literally talking there's like a three year gap in
0: almost and of what you've just said three year window Mm -hmm. of when
1: kids might drop yep. this nap that's massive It's huge it's absolutely huge and they might not drop it every day that's the thing you know they might need it like some children just might need a nap every few days and that's fine they can do that it's just what you're really looking for at that stage is if you are struggling to get them to bed or if they're starting to wake up really early in the morning then you know that you have to be a little bit strict and or- And really, by that point, you want to be
0: prioritising overnight sleep. Well, depending what your day looks like, you know, Mm -hmm. you might be quite happy to be having that. And and I think that's also a thing that some parents are like, do not want that nap to go because they're like, they use it as a time to do chores and things like that.
1: yeah. No, for some um, people, it's more important to keep the nap. And actually, for some people, because of work commitments and nursery commitments, they do need to be up early. So what we think of as being... really early morning for some people that is just the time of day that they have to be up so they accept it and they would rather keep a kind of 20 30 minute nap at lunchtime so that they can have baby up at six o'clock every morning we kind of maybe talked through some of them but you know this, this the signs are
0: disrupted sleep at other times of the day and early waking um and and is there a process to it a bit like what we were talking about the two to one like do you gradually reduce it or do you just get rid of it like what's the best way to go about it
1: I would say when you're going from one to none, yes, you would gradually be reducing it. And you might be gradually reducing it over the period of a year or more. You know, it could be going from two hours to 90 minutes to 60 minutes to 30 minutes, and then you're into the 30, 20, 10. Yeah. So, you know, and then you're reducing it further by just doing it every now and again, not every day and things like that. So, yeah, it's a really gradual process for most children. But then you also do get the children Rora I think, was a bit more... Um, one day took a nap the next day didn't
0: yeah and also he never so um Indy even though she was three and a half when she dropped the nap I would say maybe a bit like Emily for at least another six to eight months she really needed quiet time at that same time of day like we had to come home she had to be having kind of cuddles and stories on the sofa or doing a kind of more quiet like sensory kind of craft um otherwise she just couldn't kind of cope whereas he kind of dropped it and was like just got on with it he doesn't really need that quiet time in the yeah. same way as she did
1: yeah and that's you know a personality thing for sure it's some children do just need that chill out time they need to switch off um And I'd say probably with Emily, she's more like that now, like when she comes in from school, where the boys are 100 miles an hour, when they come home, Emily needs 40 minutes to kind of reset and be able to cope with the outside world again. So man, I know how she feels. (laughs) I I quite enjoy that time.
0: (laughs) So that's the transitions. And we we touched on this briefly, but let's talk about power naps Uh, we get lots of you asking about them and it's a question our sleep clubs often ask us too because it can be a bit confusing there's a very thin line between power naps and danger naps so sarah talk me through power naps so
1: power naps are a necessity you know up till a certain age they do need a power nap whether that's the third power nap the third nap of the day being the power nap which generally they will need until somewhere between five and seven months or the next one when they're transitioning down to the one nap, the morning nap becomes a power nap. So it's basically a power nap is a very short nap that just takes edge off the exhaustion and gets them through to the next part of the day. So if it's the third nap, that power nap is getting them through to bedtime. If it's the first nap, that power nap is getting them through to the lunchtime nap. Power naps are generally between 20 and 30 minutes. Um, You want them awake by a certain time of day if it's a power nap. The danger nap, that is then the one that is going to have more of a knock on effect to the rest of your day. So, the power nap after seven months becomes a bit more of a danger nap. And it's definitely a danger nap if they take it after quarter to five. If you're on a typical seven till seven routine, then after quarter to five, it becomes a danger nap. If you're on a later routine, then, you know, you've got a little bit more flexibility within that. So, again, it's not, there's not like a clear cut, this is when it's this, and this is when it's that. I realise we
0: talk about danger naps, and they sound quite dramatic, like danger nap. <laughs> but really,
1: all it means is that it it gets it impacts bedtime, hmm. right? Impacts bedtime or impacts bedtime. early weekend? And I think that's the one that you know when people sort of get in touch about early weekend, they don't appreciate that actually it can be the nap that is causing the early weekend. Yeah. And so that really is when it's a danger nap and really needs a big red siren going off as soon as it happens. So we also had
0: we literally had this conversation yesterday with our sleep club as well, because they were like, but why does it have to be 10 minutes? Like, couldn't mm-hmm. it be like 25 minutes? So what is the reason
1: that you want to keep that so tight? So you're really looking at a baby's sleep cycles and you don't want them to go from a light sleep to a deep sleep when it's a power nap or a danger nap because once they've gone into that deep sleep, it really can affect their overnight and their early waking because they reset their body clock. So if you can wake them up before they've gone into the deep sleep, it's just recharging their batteries and getting them through.
0: So technically, um, the deep sleep you know, usually starts about 20, or you go into the deep sleep around 20 minutes in, but you don't know when, there is no, uh, there is no specific point where, you know, because every baby is going to be different, every human is different. And so the idea of keeping it at 10 minutes is that it would be unlikely for them to have got into that deep phase of sleep at that point. Possible, Definitely. but unlikely. And so yeah. therefore it's easier to just say, keep it at 10 minutes rather than 12 or 15,
1: just in case basically. Exactly. And there are going to be times where, you know, it does run over and you can't do anything about it. It might be that you're stuck in traffic or something, but you can quickly identify if it's run over and you then have an absolute nightmare of a night. You're going to know that that's why. Yeah. I said at the start
0: that some folk make dropping a nap sound easy and it can be, but not always. So let's chat through some of the common problems around nap transitions. Sarah, it is often age-related, as we've said, but it can be a very wide age range, which makes it hard to spot. Um, so I know we've talked through some of the signs, but what if you're seeing the signs and baby is way off the sort of appropriate age bracket for a nap change?
1: So then it could be something like your feeding schedules may just a little bit out of whack and they're not actually taken on Um, you know if they're still just on milk they're maybe not taking on full feeds so they're not full enough to actually settle properly so if you look at your feeding schedule then you might think okay well this feed was more of a snack than a feed so I need to reassess that get the feeds back in place and have nice full feeds and then you might find that the naps settle again so it's not that they're ready to drop at all it's just that they can't sustain themselves through the nap. So that's where we come back to really looking at your 24 hours and if exactly. you think if you
0: think if you think the nap drop is a pretty unlikely given their age, given uh, other factors, look at other things
1: first. Definitely. and the other one is stimulation as well and no we do talk about stimulation play in a lot of other episodes but it is really important, you know, if you're overstimulating your baby before they go to bed, they're not going to settle as easily. So think about what you're doing pre bedtime. We have an episode called Play and Sleep that, if you've not listened to, might
0: be worth listening to. Mm-hmm. What if you try and drop a nap for a few days and basically everything goes tits up? Like your nights go out of whack. You're like they they seem off their food. Like, what do you do then?
1: So do stick to the golden rule of three to five days. So, you know, make sure that you really have tried for that duration. And if it's still not settling, then reintroduce the nap, but shorten it. So just if it's been 30 minutes, cut it right back to 10 and then drop it in a more gradual way rather than going cold turkey. But every change you make, make sure that you're giving it really the five days if you can, but three days minimum.
0: I feel like we haven't touched on something that's probably quite important, actually, when you're talking about it, let them have ten minutes of a nap often I say that in that morning one when they're going you know two to one, it can be really hard to settle them, so you spend half an hour settling them for ten minutes. Is that what you should be doing? because yeah. that can feel totally
1: nonsense it can feel completely soul destroying and you can get quite frustrated but yes it's worth it if it's going to make the difference to the rest of your day and night then it's 100% worth doing that
0: what about just taking the pain route and just not having the nap not doing
1: the settling yeah that's totally fine as well but then you have to be aware that you might end up with a really overtired baby for the next nap and not be able to get them to settle for that one either oh, it's so hard <laughs> I never said it was I you know easy. I should
0: know this, but seriously. <laughs> Are you getting the PR. And <laughs> yeah. um, what about, they were fine dropping the nap, but then they really struggle to stay awake until the, their next nap or bedtime. What, what do you do in those circumstances? So again,
1: that's where you need to rely on our other golden rule of the 30-minute window. So you've got 30 minutes to play around with. Everything when we're talking about schedules, we always give you a window of time that you can stick to your schedule. So it's 30 minutes before, 30 minutes after So that of the times that we're kind of talking about. So for example, if we were saying that babies do a sleep from 9.30 till 10, really your window there is 9 till 10. Yeah. So you've got more time than you think to play around. Yeah, yeah. And and certainly later
0: as well, like not being afraid to put them, as you said, do doing lunch at eleven fifteen mm-hmm. and putting them down at eleven forty-five or something like that yeah, you know just do what you need to do for a period of time yeah. um, and then you can kind of stretch it out the other side to try and, and get...
1: even if you're only stretching it by like five minutes a day you'll still or five minutes every three days you will still get to where you want to be quite quickly it just I just that seems quite complicated for sleep deprived people though <laughs> that,
0: yes, <laughs> like was it five problem. minutes did I do seven minutes <laughs> every week we answer one of your questions it's really important to us because we can be talking about all these things and you know nap transitions is a big one and it can sound easy enough when we say it but in reality it's really really hard so we always like to answer your questions to put our advice to practice in the real world this week we have a question about naps from emma Hi
1: Kat and Sarah, Um, I'm loving the podcast. I just have a quick question about dropping from two naps to one. My son Alexander is 13 months and he's recently just dropped down to one nap a couple of weeks ago and I was really hoping it would help with his nighttime sleep as he's still waking two to three times a night, sometimes for quite long periods. So I was just wondering how long does it take to settle into this routine or notice a difference to the night time after you shift to one nap? This is a really tricky one. It can take longer with this one to for things to settle. It's not as clean cut as just waiting your three to five days. But once you've made the transition, it is important to stick with it because you know if you've got that far then it's because you know that they really need it. Um, and you kind of want to split it into two so yes you're still looking at your 24 hours but you want to view it as two different things so um, it really focus on your naps, really focus on getting the nap, the one nap right and then adjust your bedtime if you need to and then start to look at other things so yeah to bring, it earlier. You can bring your bedtime earlier just to make sure that they're not overtired
0: so like bring that lunchtime nap earlier, dinner um, yeah. and then yeah. bedtime earlier
1: Yeah definitely and then start to look at food as well so um, the last couple of hours of the day you might need to give extra milk, you might need to give extra snacks, you might need to do a supper just to keep them going, give them a bit more of an energy boost um, because lunch has been earlier so they need to kind of top up a little bit more towards the end of the day and that'll then help sustain them through the night as well. But I would say when you're dropping down to the one nap you really are you know, sometimes it works instantly, but sometimes it can take a good six weeks to adjust to that one. Oh man, six weeks! Yeah, that's a killer.
0: But that I think that can make it really confusing because then that is totally when you question yourself because you're going, you know, as Emma says, um, he's up two to three times a night. You know, you know if that doesn't have an effect immediately, you start going, well, maybe they're overtired, so maybe taking that nap away is actually the the worst thing I could have done. And obviously, he is at the lower end of Mm -hmm. nap dropping. So,
1: like, how do you work that out? If you're at the point where you're dropping at the lower end, it's because generally you have exhausted all the other options and you've tried everything else. Um, And then, you know, again, I know we talk about it in every single episode, but the key thing is consistency. And that's with regards to dropping that, being consistent once once you've dropped it, but then also being consistent with your approach to the overnight wake ups. So, If you're doing something different every night, then it's going to take longer for those wake ups to go. And that's got nothing to do with the nap. So you can't you can't just look at it and say, okay, well, they're waking up at night and it's because I've dropped the nap. You have to look at what you're doing over your 24 hours.
0: And, you know, me, I like to throw in a bit of a curveball question to you. Um, What about, right, if you're a parent and you've just gone I don't want my kids having that. You're like you're saying you kinda have to work through the pain sometimes. What if you get to twelve months and you're like, I really want them to just have one longer nap. I'm gonna go for that and I'm gonna go through this difficult bit to get to that point.
1: Is there anything wrong with that? No, not at all. If that's what you've decided and as long as you're doing what you can to accommodate your baby and meet the the needs in other ways so you know like we've just said might mean that you need to feed them a bit extra just to give them a wee energy boost and things like that might mean that you need to be a bit more interactive with them they're not if they're grumpy and a bit tired they're maybe not going to play by themselves as well and easily so you do need to interact a wee bit more but as long as you're up for accommodating that then you do what you want do what works for you
0: but I think that's
1: when you get in a tiz though about
0: overtired and undertired babies though because then you go but if you can do that why why is all this stuff that Kat and Sarah have told me before matter (laughs)
1: well you have to be prepared to put in the hard work to make it more enjoyable for everybody yeah and and just having that
0: consistency however that looks for you and your family Mm -hmm. is is probably the most important thing definitely I hope that helps, Emma. If you have a question for us, we would love to hear from you. We actually would love to hear from you whatever you want to say. Good, bad, ugly. Remember, I'm pregnant, so (laughs) keep it it nice. But if you have a listener question, get in touch with us on social media at The Sleep Mums. Uh, We're on Facebook and Instagram. And you can also find us on our website. Um, For the listener questions, make sure it is uh, a wee voice message because we use them in our podcast you can do that on our socials or on email hello at thesleepmums.com so you're in a routine you happily get stuff done when baby naps or you don't not doing anything when baby naps is totally fine either way you probably feel like you finally might be nailing this parenting malarkey and then wham they start threatening to drop a nap And it can really feel like you're losing way more than a wee bit of sleep. We hope this podcast has given you the comfort and confidence to know how to work through nap changes and transitions. The weirdest thing about dropping a nap, more for parents than littles probably, is that you can worry about what your day will look like afterwards. Like there's that fear that there's a whole morning or a whole day to fill. But in some ways, once the naps go, you might actually feel freer and hopefully still get lots of lovely sleep at night. In fact, you might even get more for all of you. Look after yourselves and sleep soon.